y'all. This is your host, Kirsten, and welcome to the This Shit's No Fairy Tale podcast. I just want to go ahead before we get started and take a second. Let's breathe and let's affirm ourselves. Repeat after me I am worthy, I am strong, I am healthy. I deserve love. Money comes to me. It is my season. All right, take a second with that, and we about to get into the episode. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Is that like nostalgic? If it is, it goes with the episode. We're doing the inner child part two episode. (laughs) All right, but no, in all seriousness, uh, just to recap last week's episode, thank y'all for listening. Um, It was inner child part one. Basically, that's where we kind of went into my experience with starting to understand that me and not addressing certain things that had happened to me as a kid, ignoring them and pushing them back was starting to become a problem. And it led to a healing process and a healing journey that is not predictable, that is all over the place, but it is so fulfilling. And this week, we're going to continue that conversation because I talked to a few people about last week's episode and I noticed that One thing us people who are working on our inner child journey, one thing that we have an issue with is it's very hard to see the future because we've always been stuck in the past. And and even if we've been able to accomplish things, even if we've been able to move forward in certain capacities, we have these issues from the past that are kind of anchoring us to where we're at. It's not necessarily that you're stagnant because you got to get through it. You have to go through it. But it's one of those things where you legitimately don't even know how to start to envision. You don't, if you had a paintbrush and a blank canvas, you couldn't paint what you think your future is going to look like. That's the part that we're going to get into today. We're going to get into that kind of how it relates to us and our relationship with our children just across the board. Now we're just about to play with it. We're going to have fun with the inner child part. And like I said, it's dark, but there's light at the end of it because there's some form of fulfillment in the fact that you can breathe. We're going to take a quick break and come back and we're going to hop right into it. Thank you. All right. So let's hop into the episode. All right. So last week we explored, and I know we already did a recap, but last week we explored um, the process of getting to the point of understanding that either you don't know yourself or the you you know is not a you you're happy with. So in this episode, I kind of want to piggyback off of that one because, like I said previously, I talked to a few listeners and I talked to a couple of my friends and, well, I mean, I guess my listeners are my friends, but I talked to a few people and as I was discussing it, I noticed that one thing that those of us who are on our inner child journey have in common is this thing where it's like, I can't, I don't know if it's. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if we can call it a fear, but it's like this hesitation to move forward because in realizing that the you you were wasn't a you that you were happy with, you come to a point of realizing that the world you live in right now does not suit the you you're gonna be happy with. 
And with that, that means relationships change, your physical environment change, jobs can change, your relationships with with your children can change. It's literally, it's low-key like a rebirth, a fresh start in life. And I think that that's traumatizing to people who have gotten so used to the bare minimum because when you're, and not saying that we are failures, but when you're living in something that feels like a failure, you can't get any worse. The only thing is you also are afraid of getting anything better because you're afraid that it's never going to be there or it's not going to be there long enough. And we have to get past that. It's definitely easier said than done. I think a part of the reason why it's so traumatic and why it's so hard is because when you get into spiritual journeys, like an inner child journey, you start to notice that your ecosystem that you live in is separate from the ecosystem that you live within. So, for example, you are consciously coming to the point where you're like, I have to make a change for myself and I have to do it radically so that I can be happy, so that I can live, so that I can have joy. But you still are at this job. You still have this person who has access to you. You still live in this place that you know you're not happy in. You still have all of these different things that you're navigating through. And at the same time, you're dealing with a spiritual journey that most people would say is in your head. That's traumatic. It's traumatic to try to separate yourself and prioritize yourself over the world that you've built while trying to comprehend that you want to build a new one. It's it's hard because we watch some people just go and they jump out on the limb and they change everything in their life changes, the the identity that they have. They if they look so new, they look so fresh. But when you look at them, can you see any work? And if you talk to them, can you feel it? Can you feel the work? A lot of the time, what I realize is we look forward to certain people and we look at their happy endings and we do not realize that their happy endings are theirs and ours is ours. And when you're at a point in your life where you're realizing that you were broken down to be built back up, it's the easiest time in your life to be subject to envy, to be subject to jealousy, to be subject to irrational fears. It's the easiest time for whatever you consider your enemy to be to get into your head because you are choosing to have faith, divine faith in something un- something you can't see, something that's not tangible. And you're deciding to live your life off of that. It's not easy. Your flesh been here 20, 30 years, 40, 50 years, depending on how old you are listening to this. Your flesh has been operating in its cycles since it got here. And now you are looking to make a spiritual change. It is not easy. But I wrote this down because I felt like the way that I articulated it makes sense. But when you think about your inner child journey, practice makes progress. You can't look to be perfect. You can't look to practice to be perfect. You have to look to practice to make progress. This is a journey that's a lifetime. You live 30 years and you going back to five years old, you still got 25 years left to get through. Practice makes progress. You have to get to the point where you start to include yourself 
even if it's five minutes here and you increase that five minutes to 10 minutes here, you increase that 10 minutes to 20 minutes here, you go, okay, well, I got five minutes or I got 20 minutes. Let me implement some breathing exercises. Let me implement some visualizations. Let me implement some things in my life that are going to make me happier. The other day I woke up and it was raining in the morning and my kids were asleep. So I went and walked to the mailbox and my shoes were a pair of shoes that I ain't gonna lie, they're slippery when wet joints. And I, I ain't gonna lie, you know, I bust my little ass, but I gotta, you feel me? And I took my shoes off and I was able to walk, but it felt so good to have the water that, that comes from the earth, the rain through my locks, my feet in the grass, things like that, those grounding things. You have to do those things for yourself. Legitimately, practice makes progress because the more you start to do for yourself, the more you start to prioritize yourself, the more you create the necessary boundaries to be able to do so, the more you start to look at certain people and go, mm, I don't, I don't got to answer the phone right now. The more you start to look at certain situations and you go, mm, I don't got to respond to that right now. I want to breathe. I want to relax. I want to have peace. The more you evolve into that, the closer you get into whatever it is that you're trying to get to. Be it peace, joy, serenity, whatever that is. The purpose of an inner child journey isn't to make anything perfect. It's to make you at least as whole as you can be for right now. In the last couple of years, what we've seen, we've seen vanity. We watched beautiful turn ugly. We've watched money disappear. We've watched death happen. You have to learn to appreciate life. And that is not as easy as people try to make it sound. You have to start prioritizing yourself and making time for yourself because the only people who don't know that you're going through this, the way that you're going through this, are the people who never cared for you to go through it. It's hard because it feels like you're alone and parts of you are. You become used to some of these toxic relationships. You become used to some of these toxic environments. So when you don't have it anymore, you feel lonely because you're searching for something different and something new. But you're not alone because you have people who love you with you. You have your ancestors with you, God with you, the earth with you. You have all of these things with you to empower you and to give you strength until you make it to that next person or until you make it to that next situation. You just have to be able to focus on you and realize that you, in your position right now, your job is to help heal the parts of you that only you can help heal. Build a relationship with your inner child. Hold yourself accountable when you start to feel like you're losing that connection with your inner child. When you realize that that joy is starting to dwindle, when you realize that people are like leaving you and you're starting to get a little scared. Let it go. It's not easy, but the discipline that it requires to do it. Discipline is an important word. A lot of people apply discipline to workouts and think that they're disciplined because they they know how to effectively get up and go to the gym. But it's like 
you have to know how to meditate. And if meditation ain't for you, you got to know how to pray. If praying ain't for you, you got to know how to do something that's going to put your mind in that space. Now, for some people, it is working out. But a lot of people are working out because they feel like they are supposed to be working out. They're not working out for the 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 reasons you should work out. You feel me? Like yourself. Like, I know a vegan bodybuilder, and I feel like the discipline in that is being vegan. Discipline is relevant to you, but you have to develop whatever discipline is relevant to you in maintaining a relationship with yourself before other people. I have a theory and connection with this, and it's just kind of like a a holdover for certain people, but I feel like some people end up having kids, like you're in this traumatic journey and you don't even realize it and then you have kids and then it clicks after you have kids so now you have to deal with the inner child stuff then you're also looking at your kids and then you're also looking at life and all of your quote-unquote regrets and all of these things that you're literally unlearning every day and for me in my experience when I had children it took a while for me to get there it would be a lie to say that I got there in the first year or two but when I fully got to the point of like understanding that this relationship isn't going anywhere because you even have when uh, when you have abandonment issues, you even fear losing your children differently. <clears throat> Excuse me, outside of just parental paranoia. So for me, it became a thing where I realized that I could let my kid watch my favorite movies and I could watch them with them. And because I know that they're my favorite movies from when I was a kid, it's going to be real hard for certain things to distract me from the joy that those things bring me. Nostalgia is the perfect thing. I lean into nostalgia. I have people call me childish. I have people call me a lot of things because I sit and listen to Disney music and sing and run around my house like I'm a princess. And it's like, it is what it is. If that's what makes me happy. If that's what makes the part of me that nobody can see anymore happy then that's what I have to do. When I talk to my kids, it gives me an opportunity to check myself when it comes down to my inner child journey. It gives me a child a to- a opportunity to check myself in the capacity of if there are things that I'm, a con- that I'm conscious of now that I wish were not done to me, were not said to me, that I wish I never experienced. I understand why I experienced it, but you know, we're human. Even if you have, even if I have those things, when I look at my kids, I get to, I get to treat them exactly like what I felt that I needed. And I also get to learn them and learn that they're human beings. So what I need might not be what they need. I have to listen to them like I want it to be listened to. Sometimes different situations and things in your life present opportunities for you to heal. I believe that when you fall into a certain type of love, you can compare it, that certain type of love, to the love you have for your children. Sometimes you meet people you actually learn from. You meet people you care to listen to. You meet people you care about without it being forced or incentivized. Those relationships are healing relationships. I think we've been taught to, to, to believe that we can't heal while developing good relationships or develop, developing 
whole relationships. But sometimes our healing is complementary to the next person's healing. It's like, take your small victories. Take your small victories. Take your steps. And when everybody believes that it happened overnight, you're going to remember those steps. Inner child work is, is difficult because it's the embodiment of every form of work. You know, when you were a kid, that's when it mattered what you ate most. When you were a kid, that's where your physical habits mattered most. When you were a kid, how you articulated yourself clearly mattered most. When you were a kid, vocalizing what was on your heart mattered most. It's hard to get back to that. It's hard to accept that you let that go. These things come with shame. These things come with depression, anxiety. These things come with so much. But it's worth it for you to realize that you're bigger and you're consciously choosing to have faith in something bigger than you. It's okay to be compassionate with yourself and it's okay to give yourself grace in the process. Understand your humanity just as much as you understand your divinity. Or at least attempt to. Hercules was a god and a human. So was Jesus. It's literally one of those things where you have to sit back and, and think about the fact that you have been through what you've been through, but you know and you've seen people who you know have been through what you feel is worse, and they smile. Don't feel bad. You can't have survivor's guilt because you're choosing yourself. You have to choose yourself and mean it. Stand on that. Stand on it. And don't let anybody influence you to do anything else. Because anyone trying to influence you to be anything other than what you love about yourself, unless you hurting people, anyone that has a problem with that, they're not really on your team. There are so many people in this world. And I know sometimes it can feel lonely because also in getting to build relationships and having those problems that you have from your childhood, a lot of the times it can't even be it's, it's not easy to let people in. It's not easy to build relationships. So sometimes it feels like the relationships you have are all you have, but you have genuinely good people out here. Like, I'm going to give you an example. First, we're going to take a break, but then I'm going to give you an example. We'll be right back. All right. So, example. Um, I, I had been going through a lot and I can tell you in the last few years honestly my life has been a series of traumatic events but I can say that recently as I'm as you're getting older you feel more responsible for them and there's no one to blame so they start to get a little bit heavier and things like that and so um I was working at a you know a work from home job and it was a decent paying job but I can honestly say the stress that was coming with that job wasn't healthy for me and so I I had randomly decided just to throw my resume out there. Now, I did not think anybody re- would respond to it. I literally only, I only sent it to one office. Didn't think anybody would respond to it or anything. The office that I sent it to forwarded, to, forwarded it to, <laughs> to my current boss. 
And so when you talk about doing things that are in alignment, sometimes when you do things that are in alignment with yourself, you feel a little uncomfortable because you're taught to think about things that are in alignment with other people before yourself. But when my boss called me, before he was my boss, when he called me to offer me an interview, he said, how are you doing today? And I said, I'm blessed. And he said, you are. And I can honestly say, that was the first time, first of all, in in a professional experience where I could say the word blessed and feel comfortable. But I can also say, ever since I met my boss, my life in regards to my professional experience has improved because he's in alignment with it. It's not just about bartering for a work, bartering for work and, and, and pay. It's not just about that. This is a genuinely good human being, a human being that I would defend. And also if I described him as a human being, the way that I grew up, I was taught to not trust this human being. Context clues. But I can say that I'm young. And for me to be young and and to lack trust in a whole entire group of people for reasons that are justified, but the whole entire group of people, when you meet one person that kind of restores your, not necessarily faith, but just your, your trust, at least in one of them, it changes your perspective. But that's something that I wouldn't have been open to if I just went off of my old experiences. I wouldn't have been open to accepting some of the things that he's given me that has improved my life. I would have felt like I had to do it on I was I'm gonna be honest with you, I was at a point in my life where I was starting to feel like giving up. And I believe sometimes when you get to that point, let yourself just give up and trust the people around you that show you they love you and their actions and their words. This man literally has a relationship with my children where if you saw them, you would think that they were probably his grandkids. And it's one of those things that has restored enough in me for on my bad days, I'm still not dreading work. Work isn't making it worse. It's one of the least of my concerns. Even if I have a hard month, even if I have a rough week, I could tell you that that rough week at work is easier than my rough week anywhere else. And I have other environments and other places in my life where people have done the same. But it's one of those things where it's like you have, like I said, take advantage of your small victories. I wouldn't have experienced this in regards to my professional experience if I wouldn't have opened myself to it. I had to open myself to it. I had to choose it. We have to get to the point where we're comfortable with choosing things that feel better for us. I don't want to walk on eggshells. I don't want to walk on, on, on hot coals either. Like I said earlier in the episode, I kind of want to put my feet in grass freshly rained on, grounded, not running, not tiptoeing, steady. That's what I want. And if you want that, you have to open yourself up to it 
And it's really hard because we've opened ourselves up before and we've gotten hurt. But who were we opening up? Were we opening up ourselves or were we, for, or were we forcing vulnerability from a person other people wanted? Some of that stuff you gave to other people was for you. You just didn't know any better. And now you do. Now you can have certain relationships where it's give and take and it's fair. It's fair. You can be treated like a human. You can be treated like a, a, a person. This is what this is for. This is so that the adult you knows how to operate around other people pretending to be adults and recognize when you're around other adults. It's just a construct. Adult, I really mean, I really think it means healed in some capacity at this point. And nobody really get there. We all get to uh, our first job where we see somebody who's 45, 50 years old clicked up. All, every time they open their mouth, you hear them talking about somebody. Maturity is not attached to age. Being an adult is not attached to age. Everybody has that experience where you just wake up one day and you're like, whoa, I'm not a kid. I'm not, I'm not just here anymore. Now I got to figure out what the purpose is. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to be confused about that. And I promise you it's not going to be easy. Even if none of this makes sense right now, I promise you it's not going to be easy. Once you get to that point, you're going to recognize when you get to that point, when you get to that wall, when you get to that point where that hurt outweighs everything else. And you're going to have to choose you. You're going to have to choose you for you, for your kids, and for the life you want. That's just simply it. Now, I know that this episode um, is a little bit shorter, but I just really wanted to dive into that element of fear that we have of the unknown and how it traps us. And it's like, it sucks because we're the ones that like, if we didn't have it, we would, we would be flying. We would be flying. We would have no limits. We have gifts. We have talents. We have the spirit. If we could get past that thing in us that doesn't allow us to pick up the paintbrush and paint a picture on a blank canvas. If we don't get past, if we don't get to the point where we can demonstrate our creativity in whichever way creative is to us, we always gonna feel like we're just here. And being just here don't feel right when it's time for you to have purpose. I really just want to, I want people to understand it's not gonna be easy. I want to dig in on the fact that it is not going to be peaches. It's not going to be cream. It's it's uh, like, Kurt Franklin has this thing where he was talking about a cake and how with a cake, you don't eat flour by itself. You don't eat a raw egg by itself. 
You don't just take a spoon and eat the butter. You don't eat any of the ingredients of the cake by itself. You put them together and then you let them bake. And at the end of it, you get to enjoy your cake. Do you think that the items in that cake that are going from room temperature to extremely hot to having to be cooled down again, to be eaten at room temperature again, you don't think that that's traumatic? If you could personify a cake, being baked is the most traumatic experience. All right. You got to look at yourself like that. You using trauma to break trauma. You taking a gun to a gunfight, a knife to a knife fight. That's what you're doing. The only thing is at the end, you win. At the end, you win. So I hope that at least I've been able to kind of dig in deeper to what I was trying to get across in last week's episode. And I hope that this has helped somebody. I'm going to go ahead and close it out here. And I'm going to talk to you guys this week, and we're going to see if this is something that we should continue as, like, a series. Or, if you know, y'all ready for something else. Um, But I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And I really want us to grow together because I'm on my healing journey, and I'm going to need somebody to meet me at the finish line. And I'm going to need it to be somebody that's celebrating like they at their finish line, too. And you can't do that for people if you can't do that for yourself. So, as I always say, I appreciate y'all for listening. Go ahead and share. The humble homie needs you guys to follow, leave reviews, show support, share the message. Even if it's just talking to people around you, inspiring people around you, do that. But also have a great day. Have a great day. I love y'all and thank y'all for listening. All right. Well, I hope you got something out of the episode. I hope you were able to enjoy at least what I was putting out there. I hope it helped. I hope some of it is a catalyst to some real healing for some people. Um, In the meantime, though, as I stated in the last episode, you know, I'm a humble homie. You don't have to, but if you could go share, subscribe, follow Instagram page at this shit's uh, no fairy tale. It's literally the title of the podcast. Um, you can go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, which is something that'll you know allow us more resources to be able to do more eventually. But yeah, definitely go and show your support. Share if you feel like somebody needs to hear it. Um, let me know what you think. If you have an opinion on anything that I said, like I said, you can go on different platforms like Apple podcast, Spotify, you can even go to Anchor and leave a voice note and I put you on the next episode. But yeah, just go ahead and let me know. But as always, be blessed, feel loved, accept love, and remember your affirmations.